0: Hello and welcome to the Relational Parents Podcast, where we get off autopilot and give thoughtful attention to how we interact with our children and relate to ourselves, so that you can show up in your family as the best version of yourself with a lot more joy and ease. I'm your host, Teresa Puckett, and I'm thrilled you've joined us today. As a certified positive discipline parent educator, I lead workshops based on the positive discipline approach and philosophy. Those are documented in many books that have been authored and co-authored by Dr. Jane Nelson. As parents are going through these really powerful online workshops, it's very reinforcing for them also to be reading one of the positive discipline books. This podcast is part of a series that summarizes the key concepts of the original Positive Discipline book that started it all. Hello, today I'm really excited to talk to you about a very hot topic for many, many parents, for myself included, now and all the way back when I started having questions about parenting. The subject is consequences. And I want to be very clear up front that this podcast is not going to give you the detailed criteria for when to use consequences. I'm going to save that topic for another time because first there are some essential misunderstandings about consequences that need to be cleared up first. So the three parts of our podcast today are going to be number one, the consequences of consequences number 2 what to do instead of doling out consequences number 3 what gets in our way and so i'm i'm very excited about this uh, this episode before i even go into our first section the consequences of consequences there's something i need to tell you first What I need to clarify is that when I'm talking about consequences with you today, I am not talking about natural consequences. Natural consequences are when the parent is not involved at all. So a natural consequence of missing two baseball practices in a row might be that your son or daughter is kicked off the team. Um, by the coach. And it's nothing that you are involved in in terms of deciding the consequence, levying the consequence, nothing. So that's a natural consequence. What we're talking about here is logical consequences, things that have been uh, prescribed and, and created by the parent or that the parent is involved in. Okay, so logical consequences. And... The other thing I need to tell you is that logical consequences are not the best way to handle most of the challenges that we face as parents, which is why it's such an important topic. Because if you're anything like me, um, even now, but especially way back when, consequences seemed like the only tool that I had in my toolbox, kind of like that, you know, when you have a hammer and you only have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So I thought like, okay, what's the consequence for this? What's the consequence for this? So what do I need to do for this in terms of a consequence? That's all I really had. Um, so I'm here to tell you it's it's not the best tool. So certainly it's not the only tool. And from there, that's our jumping off point today. Okay. So let's get into it. Number one, the consequences of consequences. So for this one, what I'd like you to do is close your eyes and remember back to when you were a teenager and you were bumping up against some kind of rule or expectation that your parents had communicated to you and you you didn't like it. It was unwanted. It was something that um, you definitely didn't want to be following. I'm going to guess that you, like me, fall into one of the following three buckets with that thing that you've imagined, right? And and sometimes we could fall into different buckets depending on uh, the, the rule that's being imposed. So you either, number one, automatically decided to buy into whatever it was that your your parents were saying. And maybe you didn't like it at first, but maybe you were, you know, over time you just thought, okay, this is this is the right thing. it's for my own good, blah, blah blah. And you sort of uh, decided to accept it as a rule that you just needed to follow, an external rule you needed to follow. Second possibility is, you it's the, almost the opposite of that you just decided no definitely not and actually it's so dumb and so uh so wrong for me that I'm going to openly struggle against it i'm going to openly rebel and uh watch the the sparks fly right number 3 is okay i i don't like this and i'm going to get what i want but I'm going to get a little creative here. I'm going to fly under the radar and be sneaky and deceptive and find a way to get what I want all the while, um, you know, making sure that my parents are not the wiser for what I'm doing. So which bucket do you fall in? Or is there another bucket that I'm not thinking of here? Typically this, uh, this captures most of us and the, The good news is we're all normal. The bad news for us as parents is these are the reactions that our kids are going to be choosing among either just accepting without, you know, without truly thinking it through, or perpetuating a power struggle, or getting sneaky and deceptive in terms of uh, what they're going to do with consequences that we impose that they don't like and I can already hear I can hear some of you because you know I work with I work with lots of parents and some of them are like hey T um, I'm pretty good if they can automatically buy into whatever I say so just tell me how to do that because that just makes life easy for me and uh, and that's what I want anyway I want them to believe what I say I want them to, take my thoughts and make them their own. And that'll be great. And I get it. That can seem like a pretty desirable path, right? The quick and easy path. Um, but if you stop and think about it for a moment, what's going to happen when you're not there anymore to tell your child exactly how, uh, how it should be and what they should do, who are they going to go to? Are they going to forever after, um, need to find someone who will tell them what to do? Or are they going to be what Dr. Jane Nelson calls an approval junkie and always be looking for that person that they're going to follow? How are they going to develop their own critical thinking skills? Because it's almost the opposite, right? We we just want them to automatically accept versus really thinking it through. And is this right for me and and leading a life where they are, heart-centered. And if that's what you want for your child, then, um, then you start to see where the problem is here. So those are the consequences of consequences. Now, what can we do instead? What are some other tools? Because really it does seem like consequences are the hammer and, and everything does look like a nail for us. So, um, I'm going, to, I, I'm going to talk a little bit about that second scenario in terms of a power struggle, uh, kind of the open rebellion, right? Like that's something that um, a lot of us find ourselves facing with our kids. So what to do instead of imposing a consequence? So it's actually very, very simple, It's a simple three-step process when you're dealing with any kind of power struggle. Number one is withdraw from the power struggle. Number two, create a connection between yourself and your child. And number three, work together for a solution. So I said it was simple. I did not say it was easy. That's just one example of a different set of tools to reach for. Um, if you're not dealing with a power struggle, if you're dealing with either, and you know, any kind of situation that you need to somehow address, somehow bring closer to resolution, and you're thinking, okay, well, what are my options besides consequences? I'm going to rattle off a list of positive discipline tools, some of which we've talked about, some we haven't talked about um, yet in um, very fully. So number one, great tool, decide what you will do. Now, I'm not teaching these tools during this podcast. It would be way, way, way too long. But decide what you will do is a great tool. I have mentioned it before create agreements together and separately then as a parent you follow through with those agreements that is very different from imposing logical consequences another option would be to co-create routines and the extent to which your child needs a little bit more assistance you, you know you can kind of back that up into take time for training, make sure that they understand all the steps involved, and then co-create routines. Another tool that I absolutely love, which works, you can adapt it for toddlers all the way up to teenagers, is offering limited choices. Now, limited choices for a toddler could be orange juice or apple juice. Whereas for a teenager, it could be, you know, your choices are 1130, you know, is, your, is the time you need to come home or choose another night, you know, that kind of thing. So limited choices, all of the choices being choices that you as a parent can live with and you don't need to try to steer them in any, any direction. Um, another, another tool could be Dealing with the belief behind their behavior. And in the last podcast, we did a lot with taking a look at the four mistaken goals, four mistaken um, kind of strategies that led to different kinds of beliefs. So you could do some work with dealing with the belief behind the behavior. Now, there are so many other tools that you can reach for besides a consequence. There's only one more that I'm going to mention right now, and I may do another whole podcast on it just simply because it is so rich and it's like flipping consequences on their head, It's, uh, but it can be very, very effective. Um, Instead of imposing a consequence that you decide, you can help your child explore the consequences of their behavior using a tool called curiosity questions it's kind of the notion of asking versus telling and asking a series of you know well thought through open-ended questions and it has to be done with an open energy of course um, in order for it to be effective but those are just some of the the ways that I would answer that question well what can I do instead of imposing consequences. Okay, buckle up for number three. What gets in our way? There's a short answer to this and there's a longer answer that we're going to take a deeper dive into. The short answer is that it is very deep work and we do not ask ourselves the most critical question. How am I contributing to this situation? if we asked ourselves that question and we truly poured ourselves into answering that question, we would discover some blind spots. Okay, take a deep breath with me. I'm going to talk about four different blind spots. Blind spot number one. It is a fact that many children who are, quote, into power are often inspired by an in, an adult in their world who is also into power now is power bad by itself no absolutely not you know power can be used for um, many different things many different purposes it's all about how we use it right um, but what i will say to you is that you know just take a, an honest look at yourself me and also for some of my students we are that person we are that parent that they are learning about power from somebody who's kind of into it who kind of you know has that um, tendency to want to be in control almost or all of the time and they get that they are tremendous readers of energy they get that and they want that they see how cool that is it's almost like a, a compliment like okay great well you know moms um you know got a lot of power dad's got a lot of power let me uh, let me try this on this seems like a great way to belong and a great way to feel important so so that could be what's happening it also could be that it's your partner have parents um that i work with too where it's like well it's not me it's it's my partner who's the one who's the controlling one and and then our work becomes you know to not make that wrong and not make it all their fault right and so what can we do ourselves and, and it becomes a whole another flavor around this blind spot it's also possible that it's neither you ignore your partner. And instead, it could be another adult in their world, or it could be um, something else in their environment. Maybe um, m- maybe kids at school. Maybe there's a-, a show that they watch and a character that they've developed an affinity for, and they're just trying this on. So that's, um, that's just one one blind spot. Where is it coming from? And often it can be from um, an adult that's in their world. Okay, blind spot number two, how might I be contributing to the situation could be my energy, especially in tricky situations Um, I might have an energy of a little bit top down, right? I might have the mistaken notion that it's on me to control the situation. And I might clamp down when it doesn't seem to be going well. And I might clamp down because that uh, sense of power that consequences gives me could feel good. There's a variety of reasons why we could have the belief that it's our job. Everyone's counting on us. The lady in front of us at the grocery store is counting on us. Oh, what will my mother say when we get to her house? And, you know, we, we put a lot of shoulds on ourselves. Maybe they're in internal shoulds. Maybe they're shoulds that we imagine other people say, but, um, so there's an energy that those beliefs create. It's a top down, a clamping down energy. And that can be a contributing factor here. Another blind spot could be rooted in logic, right? Like we just want to make this simple and move on. So a consequence seems like very logical. It seems like, hey, it could even seem like this is like a dressed-up version. Like, I used to get punished all the time. And this is logical, and I'm not trying to punish. But that's the way it's being perceived. Often, logical consequences are felt as punishment by our children, especially if you, like me, have that um, tendency to you know, really want to control the situation that energy can help it feel like punishment to a child. Alternatively, even if you don't have that tendency and that energy, if your child is a little um, more on the sensitive side of being told what to do and has more of a, hey, I am not into conformity kind of energy about them, it still can feel like punishment, even if you have great energy in... um, in sort of quote imposing a consequence it can still feel like punishment to them and there's another thing about logic that I want to say here because quite simply of another great tool that I have taught in the past about our brains right and allowing the owl to fly back and allowing our rational brain to take over well our rational brain by default is all about logic So it it can feel logical. Hey, look, you did this. This is the consequence. That feels very logical. And it feels like even if I'm not in that fight or flight response, that that can that can feel like the right thing. And what I want to say here is that we are in our brain and our brain will give us a lot of messages that are not necessarily true with a capital T. Yes, I said it. Even the rational part of our brain is not necessarily our best go-to. Sometimes even when we're calm and we're, we're getting that message from our brain, that can be based in fear. And that fear can look a lot of different ways depending on um, your own flavor Of your beliefs and your previous experience but what I really want to say is that that fear doesn't have to be what propels us we can choose to drop from that sort of survival brain into our hearts into a place of greater compassion for the child in front of us who is trying to get their needs met in a very um, unhelpful and unwelcome way in the moment, but they are really at the core trying to get their needs for belonging and significance met. So if we can drop into our heart, into a place of compassion and see that, that is going to help us co-create a much different and uh, much more pleasant result for all concerned. So the fourth blind spot that I want to illuminate um, has to do with speed and timing and and our hurry and this can take a couple of different flavors for those of us who are kind of achievement focused and i would i would definitely put myself there i sort of default into okay how much can i get done in this amount of time and um, and squeezing more in to less time if we're rooted in the achievement of other tasks we are by default applying extra pressure to this situation and we're not giving the, uh, the space and consideration that really our, our child requires in order to come to a different, um, a different type of behavior, a different response from them. So um, our urgency in the moment um, can really have an effect. Our urgency in the moment can look a little bit different if we are not achievement-focused, but rather really putting an over responsibility on ourselves for what we are giving to our children and this can this can take a flavor of well I know better and I know what they need right now and I need to find a way right in this moment to convey it to them so that they can translate it and they can own it and they can have this capability right now or else they're going to stay like this and they're going to stay stuck for the rest of their days. We have this mistaken notion that there is a massive, massive scarcity of time. And if we don't fix it right now, it's not going to get fixed. And we owe it to our children and we have we apply the pressure that way in terms of urgency in the moment. So did you see yourself in any of those blind spots? Did, did any of those resonate for you? Everyone has their own own special um, kind of recipe for how the blind spots show up for them. And I, I'm sure there are many, many others that I, I didn't even touch on. Those are just the top four that I've noticed in my work with parents. So I have some great news for all of us because regardless of what your particular recipe and um, and type of blind spots are there is one thing that can help us all to open up just a little bit, let a little bit of light in to come from an energy of more compassion for our children. And since kids are amazing readers of energy, that's great news. That's what they need. They need to feel a different energy from us. And there's a really easy practice that we can bake into our parenting, we can bake into our lives with anything that frustrates us, whether it's um, work or or our partners or other people um, that we we run across besides our children. It is to slow it down and to take, I'm going to say at least five, I know some people say three, but five very deep breaths, their belly breaths, inflating your belly and taking a nice deep inhale and a slow exhale all the way. And just thinking, you know, what if I knew I had all the time that I need to do what I need to do for my children? After those five breaths, I promise you there will be a slight shift and this is the kind of thing like anything else once you practice it it can become your go-to and it can help you and soon that two percent two percent can elevate you to a different starting point and then you're going for the next two percent it's really uh, quite amazing so where have we been today we have talked about consequences We've talked about the consequences of consequences, some things that we can do instead of imposing consequences, and we spend a fair amount of time talking about what is it that gets in our way as parents. I wish you... A wonderful, wonderful day. Please let me know how I can support you. I'm here for you. Many, many thanks to Dr. Jane Nelson and Rudolf Dreikers, Alfred Adler for all the work that they have done. We are literally standing on the shoulders of giants. Take good care and until next time, bye for now. Would you like to interact with other like-minded parents? Maybe ask them or me a question about your child? If so, join the growing community of relational parents at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash relational parents.